Hey, you guys, welcome to the Main and Magic podcast, your stop for all things Disney. I'm your host, Dawn Brown, and this is episode 26. Whether you're adventuring in the parks or at home via Disney Entertainment, I'm here to bring you the guests and info that'll pixie dust your experience, and we're picking up lots of new friends along the way. You can catch the links to our audio recordings via our website at mainandmagic.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Just search for the Main and Magic Podcast. After the show, we invite you to join our community on Facebook to share your thoughts about each topic and to connect with other Disney fans. In this episode, Katie and my brother Nick join me for a philosophical discussion on Walt Disney World thesis attractions. We visit each park and choose the attraction we believe represents the essence of that park. We also discuss the thought process we use to come to our decision and explain our choices. So join us on the red car trolley as we take a ride to the crossroads of Maine and Magic. Welcome aboard, everyone. We have a really fun and philosophical episode for you today. <laughs> uh, we are just a few days away from the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. And of course, you know, back then that was only the Magic Kingdom and Polynesian and contemporary. Um, but it was also kind of like the future of possibilities, which the other parks now represent with all of that land that Walt acquired. So today we're going to be talking about, we're going to go to each park and we're going to talk about what we consider the thesis attraction of that park. So kind of the attraction that defines the park to us. And joining me today, I have returning guest, Nicholas Barr, aka my former roommate and sibling. <laughs> Hi, Nick. <laughs> Hello. Um, I know, and, and of course, Katie Fisher from Pictures and Postcards Travel. Hi, Katie. Hello. You can take that, steal it, and when you're introducing your sisters, you can call them your former roommates. <laughs> I can. <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to do thesis attractions. And before I, before we started recording, well, really, what was it yesterday? I think I, I texted you some rules because I was like, I should probably be a little bit specific with this. <laughs> so nobody uh, gets a mind of their own and, and, and decides that like sunny eclipse is a thesis attraction. <laughs> um, so the rules were that we're each going to pick an attraction at each of the Walt Disney World parks that we consider the thesis attraction of that park. So the, the attraction that defines the park to us and that we would kind of use to show other people what the park is about. And then we'll lay out our reasoning for our choice or, in a sense, defend our thesis. We're about to all have PhDs in Walt Disney World. Um, and then for the purposes of this, we define an attraction as any ride, show, or parade. And the attraction you choose must be currently in existence in the park. So those are the rules. 
And I just want to real quick before we actually dive into that, just like one, one, one word answer kind of thing. Um, which park was the most difficult for you to choose an attraction? I want to start with Nick. Honestly, um, I feel like it was um, the Hollywood Studios. Oddly. Okay. Okay. How about you, Katie? Yeah, Hollywood Studios was the most difficult. I I I feel kind of tied. Uh, Hollywood Studios. I, I think actually at the end, Hollywood Studios was the most difficult. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, right behind that was Magic Kingdom. But for me, yeah, anyway, Magic okay, Kingdom now, was second hardest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I feel like for that one is because I had like every every attraction on my list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just all. I have of a them. feeling that. <laughs> I have a feeling that Epcot and Animal Kingdom, the three of our answers are going to be the same. I, I wonder. I thought that, but I I'm not so sure because I had some I had some thoughts about Epcot. Okay, but which one was the easiest for you guys? Animal Kingdom. Yeah. I would yeah, say that same too. Here. Okay, cool. All right. Well, ironically enough, that's the park we're going to start with. Uh, so I thought we kind of you know, since Magic Kingdom is the one that's turning 50, we would start with the newest park and then work our way backwards and end at Magic Kingdom. So we're going to start with Disney's Animal Kingdom and we're just going to go around. I'll start with Nick and then we'll do Katie um, and just say what is what is the attraction that you consider your, the thesis attraction and why? So Nick, take the floor. All right. Uh, for Animal Kingdom, it was the Kilimanjaro Safari. Um, I feel like this was the 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 no-brainer just because obviously it's so tied into the animals and being Animal Kingdom. It I know it's also a ma it's a major part of the space of the park, but I I also feel like that ride specifically because while it is a like a learning type attraction it's so dynamic like you're never going to have the exact same experience twice and it does lend itself to some of that kind of discovery aspect that that park is really kind of going for in its whole design so you know just from from as soon as you get in the ride you're there's always you have to be on the lookout all over the place because you never really know exactly what's going to happen you, you know and even even the drivers and all that what they're able to do and show you changes depending on what the animals are doing you know you might get stuck out there with zebra in the tr track for 25 minutes <laughs> you know yeah. you just never really know what's gonna happen and i just feel like the whole essence of that park is kind of that way because you can't you know you can't script animals they're they're gonna do what they're gonna do and that ride really just throws you into that in a very safe disney way and i i don't i really don't see 
Like the everything else are, are in the park revolves around animals in some way, but that's the only one that's like that's the entire showcase of that ride, and I think it really showcases the best parts of that park. I fully agree with that. <laughs> yes. It, what what did you pick, Katie, for this park? I picked the safari as well. So when I was coming up with my answers for all four parks, um, obviously being on the Disney website multiple times a day, um, each park has a slogan, if you will, um, attached to it. So I kind of used that slogan for each park in my defense of why I picked each attraction. Um, and Animal Kingdoms was, I mean, Kilimanjaro Safari, like Nick said, it's, it, it, the whole experience itself is exactly what Animal Kingdom is going for. But the slogan for Animal Kingdom is, Behold the magic of nature with rare animals and wild entertainment. And like Nick said, it is never the same. Um, it could be a quick 25-minute ride through the safari, or you could be on it for 45 minutes because you have animals in the track, or... You know, you could be doing the night safari and you have your wild entertainment of the lions roaring while you're driving by. Um, so it's just, it's never the same, um, but it also encompasses the whole park of the whole experience of Animal Kingdom and that you travel through different continents while you're going on the safari. You know, you start in Africa, you um, make your way to Asia, like you, you're just all over the map when you're in on the safari. And that's exactly how Animal Kingdom is. You know, you, you're in Asia, you get to um, Expedition Everest. So you just, it it's, takes the whole park and kind of puts it into one solid attraction. Um, and I, I just, I think the biggest thing for it is never the same. It's just, it's always different. It's always entertaining. And no matter how many times, I don't care who you are, I would love to find the person that doesn't do this. No matter how many times you have been on the safari, I can guarantee you that you have at least 50 pictures every time you go on the safari. Every and time. What every the time. heck? <laughs> I don't know how many pictures of a giraffe I need, but I have a giraffe picture of every different angle. And <laughs> so, um, yeah. It's there it was a that was the easiest one for me. I uh, I also chose Kilimanjaro Safaris, and I I truly think that is the only correct answer. <laughs> um, and it, it's I think you guys both hit on really good points, like the discovery aspect. You know the 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 way the attraction is designed in terms of uh, you know just the way that they really had to to keep the animal barriers going and to fit it into the space they needed to fit it into it's like you're perpetually going around a curve so there's you're kind of always in this state of like what's around the next corner so you know it just kind of like invites you to keep going to see the next thing and of course, some of those curves are like very dramatic. Like when you come around that curve to the savanna area and you just see animals everywhere, it's like kind of mind blowing. But also the other thing that I kept kind of coming back to with this attraction was when Walt was 
designing, like working on doing the Jungle Cruise, like that whole attraction was inspired from his true life adventures. Like that kind of all stemmed from that. And he wanted to have real animals in the Jungle Cruise, which is simultaneously awesome and and terrifying. (laughs) Uh, He really just had some stones on him. (laughs) He was like, of course we can figure this out. Of course they weren't able to at the time, but you know, it's like one of those things you always hear them say about Imagineering, like no good idea ever dies. So they couldn't do it in the 1960s, but 30 years later they could. So even though it's not water-based, it's still, I think, something he would be pretty stoked about. So, uh, awesome. So we concur. It's Kilimanjaro safaris, and anybody that says different is wrong. (laughs) Yes, they are. So, okay. (laughs) So next we're going to go to... Disney's Hollywood Studios. (laughs) I cannot wait to see the plethora of answers or reasons that we get for this one. Good Lord. Okay, so... We'll we'll just keep going around in the circle. So, Nick, you get to go first. You're the sacrificial (laughs) lamb. Sweet. (laughs) Yeah, this one was hard, I just feel like, because this, this park has such... A weird identity but the overall theme of it is to kind of show you like Hollywood put you in shows or in movies and let you experience these things and I, I kind of think with just that and the setting of it being based around more golden age Hollywood I feel like the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror is the closest that you can get to encompassing not only the putting you in a show and also combining it with the fact that it was already set in more of a golden age of Hollywood. So, you know, and again, it's it's another one of those Disney doing what they do best. And as soon as you're in the queue for the line everything that you're seeing is putting you into that place you know uh, even you know especially that's another one of those where the cast members are basically actors on that ride and they take you through an entire hollywood production of a story and you get to live it out and then again you know obviously it also being a major centerpiece that you can see from all over the park and just the fact that it you do walk through you know the old hollywood section of the park right to the hotel i just feel like to me that's the that's the one part the one thing on the park that really just is hollywood studios dang that was that was good now i'm sitting here looking at mine like no <laughs> well like i said they they have such an identity crisis there Right now like, they do. In fact, mm-hmm. not not that long ago, um, it, this was kind of like a low key thing, but it was printed about in like the Orlando Sentinel. So if the Orlando Sentinel gets a hold of an, of something, it's probably kind of true. Um, they were actually considering renaming the park again to Cinemagic 
Not. Which I know I don't I, but I, I do feel like they need to like. Just I don't know. It is it is it's just the park that's kind of perpetually in an identity crisis. Yeah, <laughs> it's been in an identity crisis since it opened. <laughs> but okay, cool. Okay, all right. Let's hear let's hear yours, Katie. All right. So, full disclosure, I'm on the border on this one of the rules, but I can defend my answer saying I meet the rule guidelines for this answer. Okay. So, why, why do I know you picked the same thing I did? <laughs> okay. So, okay. So we're gonna. St- I'm, I'm gonna start with the the Disney website. Their slogan again: "Quotes. Let your adventure begin. Incredible excitement awaits at every turn." I agree with everything Nick said. This and and what you said, Don. This theme park. This park is going through a major identity crisis you have it's not what it used to be however looking at what hollywood is and being immersed into a land of hollywood if you will i chose toy story land so yes toy story land has three attractions in it it has character meet and greets in it But as a whole, walking into Toy Story Land, and I can't remember if you guys have been in Toy Story Land or not. I've been in it at Disneyland Paris, but I haven't been at it at the studios yet. Yeah, I haven't been able to see it yet. When when you walk in, it's... Picture, if you will, back to the 1990s when they had the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids play area. And you were basically shrunk into this huge playset. So yep. now they've taken a whole land and have immersed you into this attraction. And you have these life-size toys and Green Army Men footprints on the ground. And you're sitting on Baby Bell cheese while you eat in uh, Andy's lunchbox. Um, you know, it's just they take – I'm quoting this from something I read – they take guests to infinity and beyond, allowing them to step into the world of their favorite film. So it just completely immerses you into Andy's backyard. And I feel like as Hollywood as a whole, I know it's animation or, you know, excuse me, Pixar, but you're driven into this land of Hollywood or part of Hollywood. So that's why I picked Toy Story Land. Again, I know it's on the borderline of attraction because there's multiple attractions in it, but as a whole, Toy Story Land is an attraction in my opinion. All right, even though you stuck a toe out off the ranch, <laughs> I'm going to allow it. <laughs> it's a good answer, right? <laughs> no, you're you're right. I, I went to the one at the Walt Disney Studios Park at, in Disneyland Paris, Um which is also in the middle of a major identity crisis. <laughs> um, uh, and I was just, no, I feel the same way. I was just like, what is this? Right. <laughs> very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, no, that, that's a good one. Mine is drastically different to the point of like, I literally went on the My Disney Experience app and looked under attractions to make sure it was listed. <laughs> I, bet, I I think if I had to guess, I think I know what you would have picked. 
<laughs> so uh, this one might be a walk with me here. So I have chosen Walt Disney Presents. Oh, I was wrong. As my thesis attraction. Now, some of you guys out there are like, what is that? <laughs> I've been there. I've been going every year for 20 years and I've never seen that. <laughs> it is an exhibit. So it's it's kind of, it's a, almost a museum, like a mini museum inside the park. And it has all kinds of different like artifacts and um, things, things on loan from... Uh, uh, what you call it out there in California, um, the archives, duh. <laughs> um, and it's about Walt Disney. There's even in a, a movie at the end of the exhibit, you can sit through, it's like 12 minutes. It's called one man's dream. And it's literally kind it's, it's Walt like narrating his story to you. Like he's talking to you through this, through this film. Um, it's funny, Katie, that you said you went to slogans because on the two parks where I kind of got stuck, I was like looking for text. Like I was looking, mm-hmm. I was like reading the actual like dedication plaques and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like looking at the one for the studios. And see, that one was hard too because I feel like we're so close to it. Like I worked there for a year and a half, (laughs) you know? So it's like, I had a lot of feelings about a lot of the attractions. Um, But yeah. So like when I was reading it, it was from Michael Eisner's like opening day speech. It says the world you have entered was created by the Walt Disney company and is dedicated to Hollywood, not a place on a map but a state of mind that exists wherever people dream and wonder and imagine a place where illusion and reality are fused by technological magic. We welcome you to a Hollywood that never was and always will be. So I'm like reading that and I'm like, that's basically the story of Walt Disney. So I know it's not a ride, (laughs) but it's still an experience Mm -hmm. and it talks about, you know, it kind of touches on a lot of the things that you guys both said. Like I did consider Tower of Terror as an option because like Nick said, the moment you enter the park, you're set up for that ride through like the billboards and the architecture and the way the park is designed, you're walking through a timeline. So when you go down Hollywood and you turn right and you start going down sunset, you start to see like the shiny Hollywood from Hollywood Boulevard starts to get a little bit drabber as you get closer and closer to Hollywood studios or to the tower of terror. And like, you're just like conditioned as you walk towards this attraction, you're like already being set up for it. But there's also this whole like immersion they wanted you to have into a different land. And like, that's what Walt was trying to do when he built Disneyland. He wanted you to be away from the real world. So I feel like the history of him doing that and the steps that he took and like every little increment that he had to fight for that's like represented in that exhibit and then that film is just that's the thesis that's 
that's what you need to know when you walk into that park. So, wow, we had a crazy variety of answers. (laughs) Full disclosure, the 12-minute video at the end, I've cried every time I've watched it. Every time. Every time. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty brutal, but you should, everybody should watch it. Just, it's not, I mean, you don't even have to, even with the 12-minute video, you could walk through that thing in like half hour and and get a pretty good idea. And they, they, they move stuff in there, like they change stuff out from time to time, so it's worth it to go back each time and just kind of see what's new. But yeah, that's, um, that's what I picked for that one. Does anybody have any rebuttals on anybody else's pick? No, no. <laughs> the thesis attraction for the studios is all of the attractions. Cause nobody knows what's going on. Well, it, I, I feel like literally you could have picked like the dinosaur food stand and could have been right for that part like, it gets so over all over the place it's insane but i i will say when you first started talking don uh-huh. how you were i was thinking you were gonna say indiana jones stunt never i just like a part of me i'm like there's no way there's no way but the way you were coming like how you started i'm like maybe it was so hard okay actually i'll i'll touch on this at the end we'll we'll come we'll come back around to this um okay moving on to epcot i kind of figured we would all pick the same one for animal kingdom i'm not so sure on this one because i definitely went back and forth between two specifically so this will be fun uh okay so we're gonna keep going around in the circle and i'm gonna have nick go first all right so i picked uh spaceship earth i feel you know obviously okay let me stop you there for a second (laughs) (laughs) katie what did you pick (laughs) i went back and forth between two different ones and ultimately landed on spaceship earth Okay, me too. Okay, let's discuss. <laughs> Shall we? I told you. I, I called it in the beginning. All three of us are going to say the same. Well, it's, tell you. it's literally designed yes. as the like the whole setup for the rest of the park. It is. Like, you can't go anywhere to get around going past that. And it literally tells you how humankind improve themselves through technology and then they lead you into the technology that it came from like it shows how we got to where we're at through learning and the spread of information and then they you know let you out into not only the you know the future more futuristic areas but even back into the land it all comes from where we came from as people you know all every nation had their little different variations but it all stems from that one singular experience that humankind has so i just feel like it's the introduction to the park and they designed it that way so it's kind of hard like in my head i'm like every other attraction is a piece of what that ride shows and yeah that's actually when i was going in between this one and the other one i was thinking i was like it still goes back to 
it still goes back to this attraction. <laughs> so, because it's this, this is like the start, and then everything else just webs off from it. But okay, Katie, tell tell me like what what ended up since you were choosing between this one and another one. What what ended up landing you with this one? Okay, so I started by looking at. It, it on the website it says Epcot, where the impossible becomes possible. So that is when I, after reading that, I started thinking about my other, technically two, but mostly just one of them going off that. And I did not pick those. We can touch on them later. Um, and then I started thinking more and said, okay, yes, this is the tagline. The impossible becomes possible. However, Epcot is the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. And Spaceship Earth basically is that. That years ago, the traveling through time and back to where it all began, back then, um, you know, when the Phoenicians created the alphabet, creating the alphabet was, you know, thinking in the future, thinking of tomorrow. And you go through time and everything is, what does, what leads up to tomorrow? What can we do today to make tomorrow? So everything in Spaceship Earth essentially is that prototype of where we are today. Um, and then even when, when you, quote unquote, land back to the present day in Epcot, you have a chance to design what kind of future you want. So you're looking at tomorrow and what is going to be your tomorrow so even though where the impossible becomes possible and I took that to mean something my opinion of that I went back to what Epcot truly stands for and what it's there for and that's why I chose Spaceship Earth yeah like just the way that they've I mean they've really presented like a history of evolution which you know like evolution of our species, but evolution through communication, which leads to technology, which gives us art and culture and connection. So even like when you're going through the attraction, like there's that one section where you go and it's like, it shows Rome, like all roads lead to Rome. It's like, that's transportation. And the way they've represented it, like those little lights moving across the... (laughs) that little board it's like it kind of also has like a technology like connection like computer sort of look to it you know like you can Mm -hmm. see how that would be and then you've got like Gutenberg's press which gives us writing and the ease of disseminating ideas and information and then you've got you know Michelangelo painting the ceiling which is another form of communication through art and then, like Nick said, you walk out into World Showcase, and there it is. That's the culmination of the communication and the art and the architecture and just culture, all the different cultures all around the you know lagoon and that big circle and how we're all connected. Yeah, there's again, if you chose something else, you're wrong. This is the only right answer. <laughs> Jeez, I'm glad I changed. Man, would have been, oh, man, criticized for what I was going to say. Well, no, what was the other ones that you were considering? 
Um, so taking into the impossible becomes possible is, hear me out, <laughs> mission space or Soren. Because I look at mission space going to Mars, like that's an impossible feat. It's not something that's going to happen, right? So when you're looking at something impossible and now you're stepping onto the spacecraft going to an impossible place, Epcot has made that possible. And then same thing with Soren. Like in one trip, you're traveling around the whole globe. Like that not that that one was more so not really. Like that was my third option because some people can travel the world. But just going to Mars, like that's that's not possible. So that that's where I was toying with, but I ultimately went to the meaning of Epcot instead of their slogan. Okay. Yeah, I just, this was the first one that popped in my head. And then I was like, you know, you, you, you know, again, on the My Disney Experience app, like, what's listed under attractions? Can I see, could I defend any of these as a thesis? No, this is, this is the only right answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. Mm. Now comes the Hot Mess Express. <laughs> <laughs> uh i was like maybe i should have said we can choose 10 attractions no (laughs) um okay magic kingdom our 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 50 year old lady i can't even believe it let's see okay nick are you are you good with going first on this one are you prepared to yeah. Can you name your attraction. <laughs> it's like ripping <laughs> off a band-aid. Just do it. Just go. <laughs> go. Okay, go for it. So this one may be a little weird because I picked uh the haunted mansion, which you know, it, it it's it seems a little weird because most people I feel like when you think Disney, you think in, of the castle and fantasy land. But the this one to me was more of the like Magic Kingdom. I feel like the the main source of what they were going for was a like almost like a carnival experience dialed up to like eleven, <laughs> and they really wanted to like really put you like every ride was really putting you through a story, not just like you know if you go into a carnival ride and you go through a little story thing. There's no real story. And it's very cheaply made. So, like, if you're looking at most of what Fantasyland-type rides encompass, they really wanted to put you in a story. But I feel like, out of the whole park, Haunted Mansion does it the best. Because it's, it's again, as soon as you're even walking up to the attraction, you're in the attraction. There's, there's no wasted space anywhere in that entire floor plan. And again, you have all the all the actors, you know, playing their parts, getting you through the queue, and there's there's no there's nothing wasted on that entirety of that ride, and it really does set up an entire storyline. You know, the the pre-show is one of the best pre-shows I think in Disney still. Absolutely, and, totally and, agree. And it's just, you know, no matter how long you're in that line, there's always something, some new detail to look at. And, you know, even though it is, quote unquote, uh, a haunted house, it's so 
they still keep it very almost like goofy kind of Disney charm all the way through. So it's never like too intense for kids or anything like that. It's just the entire experience is, is very enjoyable. And, you know, e- even when you get, get into the end and they're putting the characters in the cart with you, like they're, ma- they're making you part of the magic. You're not just going somewhere and seeing something. You really are experiencing it and you're part of it. And I just, for the whole park, I feel like nothing else there does it to that extent. So that's why I chose the Haunted Mansion. Uh, dude, that was on my short list. It was so hard not to pick that. <laughs> In fact, when I was, I got to be a guest on the Monorail Tales podcast a few weeks ago talking about Disneyland Paris and I was talking about Phantom Manor, which is their version of the Haunted Mansion. And I, I, I still, I unequivocally say this, it is my favorite attraction that I have been on at any Disney park. Cause it, it's just, it's a little bit different from the one at, at um, Disney world and Disneyland, but it's, it's like you said, it's just like you're in the story and the, the way that you get on that attraction in, in that park is a little bit different. Like you're still in a story scene. So it's like you never are out of it even for a second. And it's just, so yeah, Haunted Mansion totally made my short list. I'm, I'm actually so glad somebody said that. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. Katie, do you have thoughts on that? Um, no, but I, I, I would not have picked that or thought that. Um, really? Yeah, it was, was not, not even list. on your radar. Nope, not even All on right. radar. No. Okay, no. which one did you pick? Uh, so this is actually where I started. I, I, st- I started in Magic Kingdom because I at first I'm like, oh, the other three parks are going to be a cinch and then Hollywood Studios and whatever. But... <laughs> I started with Magic Kingdom because I knew it was going to be my hardest. So this is where I started with looking on this, you know, going through and and reading these lines. And at first I'm thinking, okay, well, there's the people mover. Eh, No. But it says, explore lands of endless enchantment where your fantasy becomes a reality. And the only thing at Disney right now, currently, today, that makes my dream a reality, I guess, my fantasy a reality, is happily ever after the fireworks at Magic Kingdom. And I know they're going away for the 50th, but, and I I can only imagine what this new show will entail, but it takes you, you celebrate Disney stories. So you are celebrating every single thing that Disney has done. So every little part of Magic Kingdom, whether it be um, Merida or Cinderella or Lightning McQueen, every single part of that Disney fantasy, that that Disney that has brought so much joy to your face is encompassed in this show. Um, and you just, every part of the story just becomes a reality and they immerse the castle and the fireworks are part of the show. And when they say love, there's a heart firework. When they say star, there's a star firework. It's just immersed. And I cry like a baby 
Well, that for song is like freaking thirteen of the eighteen minutes. It's so, it really is. Um, but to me, that is that fireworks show. No matter what happens at the park, that that nightcap of Magic Kingdom, that nightcap show is what has turned everything I just did into my reality for the day. And it makes all my cares go away, which is what I feel Magic Kingdom is supposed to do. It's supposed to make you not worry about what is back home or outside in the real world in your bubble. So that's good one. I thought, I thought that you might have a show on your, on your short list. Yeah. So, and actually I want to talk about other attractions that we considered after I tell you what I finally landed on. <laughs> uh, this is after, a tough one. I don't know what you would have picked. I, after, I have maybe two <laughs> that you might have chosen. I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to pick until like three days ago. <laughs> um, okay. So I finally, after so much consideration and looking and reading and looking at plaques and all this stuff, landed on Peter Pan's flight. (laughs) I know this is like a super basic dark ride in terms of like, it's not new and fancy, like, you know, seven dwarfs mine train or whatever, but walk with me. (laughs) I kept thinking, you know, like Nick said, it's out of, it seems out of sorts to go pick haunted mansion or some of these other rides. But when I was, when I kept thinking about Magic Kingdom, like what I just, it was kind of like, what comes to my mind first? And there was like, you know, four or five attractions. So I had to be one of those. And I've always loved this attraction. I know it's like, what, three minutes? I don't even know if it's that long. Um, but the thing that actually got me to pick this one was I just was randomly reading like the longest blog post ever from another from a Disney blogger that had been to a D23 like forever ago and he was talking about Tony Baxter was there as a speaker and he quoted this letter that Ray Bradbury had written to Walt Disney after he went on Peter Pan for the first time and I was like oh my god that's it so he wrote Uh, He said, Walt, I will be eternally grateful that today I flew out of a child's bedroom window out over moonlit London. Of course, I can't get through it without crying. I flew out of a child's bedroom window out over moonlit London on my way to the stars. And I just felt like that was the most perfect way to describe what Magic Kingdom is. So I had to pick Peter Pan's flight Honestly, and no one can argue with me because I cried no. <laughs> <laughs> because nothing. I'm a raging sap. <laughs> well, and uh, it's one of those, like, that's why I said like it, Fantasyland, those rides and Peter Pan is, it's that like, that's why I said mine was kind of weird because Fantasyland's what you think of. And I feel like Peter Pan is, also the embodiment of that whole area because it puts you in that fantasy. The other thing too, was I, I kept coming back to like, 
you know, they want you to be, like you said, they want you to be in the story, not so much watching it. So from the moment you step onto the ship, you, you never lose sight that you're actually on a ship, you know, like the whole ride, you see that sail in front of you versus like when you get on mermaid and you're in the shell, like you see that it's a shell when you get on it, but then you're just sitting in it, Yeah, <laughs> you know? So unless you well, look next to you, you don't see that you're in a, in a shell and you're in at the very beginning of the ride, when you're about to go out the bedroom window, Peter, Peter Pan says, come on, everybody away. You know, here we go. Like he's, he's with you on that ride. So he's like taking you in the pirate ship on that ride over London and past the pirate ship with Wendy on the plank and all those, like you're in Neverland. You're not watching it from somewhere else. Plus it's about kids never growing up. Like <laughs> yeah. if that's not what magic kingdom is. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> And then that, and then it brings it back too to like Tinkerbell opens every Disney movie. She flies out of the castle every night. You know, it's it just had to be Peter Pan for me. But yeah, when I read that, when I read that quote that I couldn't get through, <laughs> who said who said that quote? Uh, Ray Bradbury. He's like a writer, and him and Walt were like really good friends obviously until Walt passed away, but yeah, like, so he, he loved it so much. I mean, of course this was, you know, in the sixties, but he loved it so much that he felt like he needed to send that note to Walt Disney and just be like, I got to do, I got to fly over London and it was awesome. So yeah, I was like, Oh, when I read that, I was like, this is the only choice. <laughs> this is it. Pushed me over the edge. Um, but I do want to go around like and see what what other attractions you guys considered if you did at all, since this one was at, you know, seemingly like the most difficult. Yeah, it it well it was that. Like I said, like first thing that came to mind was Fantasyland, but like uh, the the one that I was like halfway through was actually Jungle Cruise, and it's and it was one of those like all the reasons I was giving were really good reasons, but as I was going through it, I'm like Haunted Mansion just does all of these better, so like that was the only reason I didn't pick it. But Jungle Cruise I feel like is the same thing. Like it puts you in the story. You have the cast members are cast members, and they're all acting and you know, you get to have this adventure. You get to go on a Jungle Cruise adventure that you get to be a part of. Yeah, I had also, I guess in, in my mind, I had it between Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, Peter Pan, and Small World. I had none of <laughs> I was like, for me, I was thinking... I wanted to stay away from something that was hyper, not, I don't want to say hyper themed because you want it to be hyper themed, but like, I don't know. Scary just didn't 
seem quite right and pirates just didn't seem quite you know <laughs> looting and burning a village just didn't seem quite right. <laughs> no no not on your short list <laughs> so then i was like left with peter pan and it's a small world and i literally like wrote all these notes out for a small world because in my mind like that was going to be it. it was like i can't i can't pick peter pan i don't know why i just felt like i couldn't pick it but maybe because it is a short ride for, you know, four year olds <laughs> that I still go on at the age of 42. But um, it just, yeah, I just, I, that's where I landed. It, it had to be that after I was like, Ray Bradbury is like this old guy, science fiction writer going on this ride and like, so moved that he has to send a letter to Walt Disney to tell him how great it was. Um, I don't feel so bad anymore. <laughs> See, and I, I, when I was doing even all four of the parks and kind of, well, Animal Kingdom was a given. So three of the four parks, I was kind of looking at what the park represented as a whole. And, you know, everyone, we all obviously have our reasons for why we picked it. They're all great reasons, but I almost looked at it like, I don't want to pick the focal point of each one. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, when I started thinking about Magic Kingdom, the other one that I was toying with, follow along if you will, was PhilharMagic, the 3D show. Because I thought of that too, I, actually. Like, it takes you into what Walt Disney is. And that's the anime, you know, it's not all about the animation, but it's the animation. And, you know, you are on a flying carpet. And you're um, being chased by a broom, having buckets of water thrown at you. And like that to me is Walt Disney. And Walt Disney is Magic Kingdom, you know, in a sense. So I was almost playing with the, what, what speaks to me of that bringing that reality. What, what puts me into that fantasy. And... You know, yes, each individual attraction, Peter Pan brings you into Peter Pan and Small World brings you into the earworm that I can only hope that you're all going to sing it after we've said it three times, <laughs> like Beetlejuice. Um, <laughs> but PhilharMagic brings you into all of it. And it, it takes each individual attraction and it just puts it in a hole and you're part of that magic. And that was my other one for there. That it was it was a toss up between the two. And I'm I even sad. considered the carousel. I knew you were <laughs> gonna consider that one. That I looked at that, I go, possibly, maybe. I bet Dawn's gonna pick this one. In in just <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a weenie, right? You see it when you look down Main Street, you can see it through mm -hmm. the castle breezeway. It's it's just like you know, fantasy land is the heart of the magic kingdom right. and the carousel is the heart of fantasy land. Like yeah. it's in that particular carousel. I kind of love even extra because it was originally, it was originally built in, in a park in Detroit. So it's, it's at, it's like the oldest attraction in the magic kingdom or the second oldest. I think there was, like a fire engine or train engine or something that was like a little bit older, but like early 1900s, that thing is so old. And it's like, you know, I mean, I was born and raised 
Detroit girl and it's from <laughs> Detroit. So like when I go to Disney World, there's this carousel that like maybe my grandparents rode on when they were little children or their parents went on a date to that park in Detroit and rode the carousel. Who knows? But yeah, I did consider it briefly. And then I, and then I was like, no, I can't pick the carousel. People are going to send me hate mail. (laughs) I I, I really need to stop asking Dan's opinion for some of these because. Oh God, I can only imagine. Okay. So when he's, when I asked him magic kingdom, he's like, Oh, the castle. I go, Read the rules again. It's not an attraction. <laughs> it is listed under attractions I know. in Magic Kingdom. I forget what. I, like, I forget what he actually I said. The castle. <laughs> <laughs> but then I definitely would have got hate mail. <laughs> I mean, Hollywood. The other thing for Hollywood Studios that I was going back and forth for, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get hate mail for this. But the same concept of Toy Story Land is Galaxy's Edge. It's immersive. Like, it's even more immersive than Toy Story Land. But I don't like Star Wars, so I didn't pick it. (laughs) Only Baby Yodas. Only Grogu. (laughs) He's so cute. Okay, I'm curious if, if it had been open to any attraction that ever existed, is there... One that you would have picked that is extinct for any yep. of the parks. Yep. Nick, do you have one? Great movie ride. Dude, again. <laughs> Katie? Backlot tour featuring Catastrophe Canyon. Really? You would have picked that instead Over the of great the great movie, movie ride. ride? 100%. Yep. Because the great movie ride, yes, it takes you into the movies. The backlot tour shows you how the movie, like, it has everything from those movies. So you can't have those movies if you don't have the tour, the backlot tour that has all oh, the stuff. These are both totally legitimate answers. See, <laughs> and Catastrophe it, Canyon takes you into, like, oh, it's, there's yeah. a tanker truck coming at me. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't. Oh, yeah, those are. I guess I would have I would have just off the cuff said the great movie ride, but that's totally a legitimate answer. Yeah. You know what's funny too is doing this it, again just like it like why is the carousel of progress in Magic Kingdom and not in Epcot? Yeah. Because I'm like, that would have been Epcot. It would but... have. But, but Magic Kingdom was Walt's dream. Like, that yeah, was the yeah, beginning. Yeah, that's true. So I can see, I, I, get, I can, it should go to Epcot now, but I think back then that's where it belonged. Well, and I think, I mean, the Epcot wasn't built yet. Yeah. Right. So that's where it had to go. I guess. <laughs> I will say if, and any Imagineers listening right now, if it ever comes up to get rid of the Carousel of Progress, I can almost guarantee there will be riots. <laughs> oh, yeah. They should even Even my dad said when I was interviewing him, like he thought that it should be designated as a National Historic, like, because of how important it is to like world's fair history, United States history, Disney history, like 
you, you know, I was like, can they do that? <laughs> I, you know, they own, Disney owns it. So no, they can't really do that. But I would hope that they would find a place for it to be, you know, enjoyed if they ever decided to get rid of it. Yeah, I know. I, I, I got, I, that one even crossed my mind because I'm like, it's, it's kind of everything. It's history. It's a, a vision of what the future could look like, mm-hmm. you know, from back in history. And yeah. Easy yeah, there, was, Rover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was kind of an interesting exercise. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's the only the only one that I would have picked as an extinct attraction was the Great Movie Ride. But no, you're totally right on the the backlot tour. Like both of those are reasonable answers, I think. But well, I think both of them being gone is why that park has the identity crisis. One hundred percent. Yeah. And there's other things that are there still that I'm like, why is this here? Yeah. Like, is is Indiana Jones getting that much attendance? I I will say in its defense, pre pre pandemic, every show I've been to for it was shoulder to shoulder. It, it was uncomfortably hot. Um, I I guess if they're still getting the attendance numbers I know other people would be like how many stage shows do we need in in the studios and I'm like if you touch Beauty and the Beast I will cut you (laughs) I will say it is on you know everyone has Sarah said about her list and her bucket list and things like that the one thing that I really want to do because I've been a part of the Backlot Tour when that was still a thing I want to be a part of Indiana Jones. I want to be on that show, in that show, a part of that show. I I do. I want to kick somebody's butt. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I think that's it. We covered each park. We talked about extinct attractions. Um, Okay. Well, we are pulling up to our stop here. Thank you guys. I have no idea how much time and mental energy you spent on this, but I appreciate it. (laughs) Absolutely. It was fun. I definitely knew that this one needed to have more than just two people because I feel like it's more interesting if there's a variety, which... We got a variety on two parks anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other, the other two, we all scattered. <laughs> um, but I definitely would like to know, and I will post in the group, what everybody else's choices would have been for a thesis attraction for each one of the Walt Disney World theme parks. And of course, we want to wish a happy birthday to the Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World Resort. And let's see, you guys can find 
Nick on another episode. Uh, I forgot the number. I want to say it's episode 18 where we talk about being a Disney dad. And of course, Katie, where can people find you guys at? Uh, So you can obviously message me on the Made of Magic Friends Facebook page or send me an email at kfisher at nyaaa.com or at picturesandpostcardstravel.com. You can check out my website. So let's plan a fun trip. I know I am. You can can figure out what your thesis attraction is. Yes. Um, And hey, guys, I'm going to keep asking for you to head over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a review. Those are super helpful for us to get discovered by other Disney fans. So, and also it kind of gives us an idea of how we're doing. So head over, leave us a review, tell us what you want to hear about next. And I am going to say goodbye to everybody. Good night. See you real soon. Bye. Hey guys, just a quick note before you go. During the episode, I shared a sentiment from a letter that Ray Bradbury had written to Walt Disney that was being discussed by Imagineer Tony Baxter at a Disney event. Since Tony had slightly paraphrased, I went and found the exact quote to share with you because it's beautiful and I like specificity. So here it is, this time without the waterworks. (laughs) Walt I will be eternally grateful. Today I flew out of a child's bedroom window, out over moonlit London, in a pirate galleon on my way to the stars. That's a wrap on this episode. Thanks so much for riding the red line with us. Thanks to my brother, Nick, for joining us this episode. You can catch Nick on episode 18 as well, where we talk about Disney Park dad moments. Also, thanks to my guest, Katie Fisher, from Pictures and Postcards Travel. If you are heading to the Disney parks or looking at booking a Disney cruise or Adventures by Disney experience, Katie can help you get the best prices and discounts along with custom planning and itineraries all at no cost to you. You can find her online at picturesandpostcardstravel.com, on Facebook at Pictures and Postcards Travel, or you can email her directly at kfisher at nyaaa.com. Now that you've had a listen, we invite you to join our Main and Magic Friends community on Facebook to share your thoughts about the episode. You're welcome to pop in to share an idea, story, or photo and connect with other Disney fans. You can also ask questions, get and give advice, post updates from the parks, and just have fun. Head to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash main and magic to join. If you've got a comment or a question, you can also email me at mainandmagic at gmail.com and you can find us on Instagram at mainandmagic. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to share it out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks so much for listening. And of course, in the Disney tradition around here, we don't like to say goodbye. So we say, see you real soon. Mm